Failing to negotiate your salary offer is devastating to both your income and your career. The good news is industry employers expect you to negotiate. In fact, if you don't negotiate, your employer might second guess your value in industry. They might start to see you as unqualified, desperate, and easy to replace. They might also think less of your character and your credibility, and you will have to work harder to prove yourself after getting hired, if you get hired in the first place, right? Then you'll have to work harder than somebody who negotiates. All of this is because making deals is a key industry transferable skill. Those at the top of any company have mastered this skill better than, better than those at the bottom. On a long enough timeline, the only two skills that matter in terms of being promoted in industry are networking and making deals. These points should empower you to follow the first rule of negotiation. Do it. That said, there's a right and wrong approach to salary negotiation. And each stage of the hiring process requires a different approach. Therefore, you should learn to negotiate well before you receive your first job offer. Unfortunately, most PhDs erroneously believe that negotiation only comes into play when the company extends a formal job offer. While it's true that you should only bring up salary and concrete numbers once you have a written offer, you should know that the entire hiring process involves negotiation. In every interaction with the company, you should be building a case for why you're the best person for the open position. Okay? By doing so, you will increase your perceived value and build leverage for later salary discussions. The most potent lever that you will have at your disposal during negotiation, if you set it, is your walkaway number. Recently, my team was hiring a transition support specialist, and because the candidate didn't have any experience, we offered her a salary at the lower end of the range for this position. To everyone's surprise, the candidate immediately thanked us and rejected the offer. She was kind, polite, professional, and bold. The candidate knew her worth. The first question we found ourselves asking was, why? What does this person know about their value that we don't? The second question we asked was, how can we turn this around? We even asked, how can we win this person back? Her bold move, commitment to self and strength of character, perceived or otherwise, inspired us. By shutting down our low offer, she made us want to hire her more. This is the power of having a walkaway number. Before interviewing, no, before even applying to a position at a company that you want to work for, decide on a walkaway number and commit to it in advance. Otherwise, you will, ask your, you, you will talk yourself into accepting less than you should. You'll think, I've already invested so much time in my job search and I've spent weeks following up with this company and interviewing for this position. I, I don't want to start over. Lowering my expectations a bit will compensate for how much time and energy I've invested. Ugh. If you don't set a walkaway number, you will make concessions. You will get emotional and be influenced by the relationships you started to build with the company during the hiring process. This is a mistake, right? Or you'll, you'll be too invested in the time that you've spent with that company or in your overall job search or even how much you like the company's facilities and other minor benefits. Understand that your salary dictates your salary trajectory, which in large part dictates your career trajectory. You must set a walkaway number and you must be willing to walk away. If you're not willing to walk away, you're not negotiating, you're begging. This takes us to the end of today's transition report. As always, remember your value as a PhD is by thinking and acting like a successful industry professional.